0: Everybody and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past the best picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Bugia, and joining me as always, like he does, the one and only Matthew Marchetti. Matt, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fabulous. And you know why? Because why? we actually got to see each other in person we, over the weekend. We did. <laughs> it's so rare that that happens.
1: We did? We were, I, we did was that yeah no we occupied the same space for a several days uh, yeah. excitingly and uh,
0: drunkenly mostly <laughs> Dr- Dr- yes, drunkenly sir. mostly yeah. uh, dear audience if you are just tuning in uh, Matt and I are not in the same room we are not even in the same state you're up in Massachusetts I'm here in New York City so it was great getting together with you to celebrate the inevitable demise of our of our dear friend who is a listener. <laughs> Uh, and and if you're if you're out there listening, much love to you, buddy. Uh, we we had fun. We hope you did too, and hope to see you again soon. I also hope to see you again in person quite soon. Over the oh, yes. uh, I believe next month we have another thing planned.
1: We do. Yes, maybe we, we do. should record an
0: episode like in I, the same I room. Thinking,
1: I was thinking that would be a great idea, even if it was something like. Something miniature version of it, or we could do right. it over the course of the weekend. Yeah, let's do yeah. something.
0: We should let's... do something. We should. We maybe we can get the other people involved, and it would just be a hilarious uh, s show. At least as, the ones that matter. At least the ones that matter, indeed. <laughs> but um, so this week's movie is the 1987 best foreign language film from, I believe, Denmark or Sweden. They're both lang- Both languages are in there pele the conqueror uh and i gotta say do you have any familiarity with this movie
1: no the only i mean i knew obviously some of the performers in it and the director's name it was familiar and i still i actually had looked up earlier what a movie he had done um that uh yeah he did one of the versions of les mis i believe yeah, one of the right. film versions of les mis and then um, he also did,
0: uh, oh, was, well, yeah listen jeffrey and jeffrey rush yeah yeah
1: and then also just as a weird aside he he directed this movie it's like Smilla's sense of stuff Smilla's yes, sense of stuff which is internet famous for me for this weird rant Bruce Willis went on about what movies people should watch he like that's the one he he like references and he comes off as like incredibly pretentious <laughs> like why are you watching this direct? or you should only watch art house films and that's the only reason i knew the name of that movie and i saw it And I just started laughing.
0: Right. So we should see Smilla's Sense of Snow or we should not?
1: I feel like if I'm going to appropriately make fun of Bruce Willis, which I always want to be able to do it appropriately because inappropriately will be bad, I should see the movie just to make fun of him appropriately. Or not. Maybe I'll just fall under its spell.
0: Yes. I feel like I have seen it. Like it was based on a book that my parents liked and they were talking about it. And then we saw it. I know it's had this weird...
1: It I is based know. on a best-selling novel, yeah. Well,
0: there you go. All right, then. All right. Um, so, you knew the performers. Uh, it stars Max von Sydow, who was uh, with the Titans. I believe they, the mighty oak of Swedish cinema, as one yeah. reviewer put it. Um, What did you think this movie was going to be about before we watched it?
1: Even before, like, a synopsis or just before? Even before,
0: <laughs> like, just like when you saw the title, you were like, I, okay, what do I think this movie is? No, Go.
1: Well, I mean, some sort of, like, uh, epic medieval, not fantasy necessarily, <laughs> but something really, like, brutal. And, you know, I knew that it was the 80s. So I figured, you know, content restrictions are up and people are you know, have heads chopped off and no big deal. So, yes, I figured it was some sort of brutal sword and sandals
0: epic. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Like, you know, like the Swedish ver- like like a, a Viking version of Conan the Barbarian or yes. Conan the Destroyer, as it were. Yes. Much the much inferior sequel. I still love it though. Yeah, me I thought I thought it was uh I thought it was actually Brazilian and it was about the famous soccer player <laughs> who conquered the world of uh football. Yep. And I gotta say none of that was true nope. at all. It is it is not in Portuguese and it is um definitely it does I don't think it has any sports in it. Really, no, I, was th-
1: I was actually thinking if there was like a soccer ball somewhere, but no. Yep, yeah.
0: and yeah. I d- uh, I also do have to say, uh, you know, I was expecting there to be more conquering than there was. In fact, I counted the total number of conquers that occur in this movie are exactly zero. There are zero conquers. Yeah. Zero conquer. There's no. There's no conquering whatsoever. Uh, yeah. It's um, it's a very misleading title. It is based on a popular uh and best selling novel uh, from the early twentieth century mm-hmm. in uh sweden or you know, one of the one of the nordic countries and it's very it is very well regarded in fact i believe the uh the main actor whose whose name is actually pele mm-hmm. is, is named after the character in the book oh wow uh a little 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 fun fact there yeah. so um so i guess well we usually Talk about the what is the plot when we start talking about the movie, but just to give some people some context. What is the IMDb plot of this film? And it's a long one.
1: Yeah, I know. I am also so, so excited about it.
0: <laughs> it's very
1: dramatic, too. It's very dramatically written. So thank you, yes. uh, Matthias Thurison. Um The end of the 19th century, full stop. A boat filled with Swedish emigrants comes to the Danish island of Bornholm. Among them are Lasse and his son Pele, who moved to Denmark to find work. They find employment at a large farm. I don't know why this is getting sexier as I read it. But are, They find employment at a large farm, but are treated as the lowest form of life. Hele starts to speak Danish, but is still harassed as a foreigner. But none of them wants to give up their dream of finding a better life than the life they left in Sweden. I know.
0: Wow, that is... Whew, that tells you everything, and yet also nothing about, about the movie. You Zero could have... Just, just zero information. You're like, uh, so, well, we can really get out of this. Lasse and Pele move to Denmark, find work, get shit on. Mm, yep. That's really that's, that's really all you need to know about it. It's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a movie that is very similar to another Max von Sydow uh, vehicle, The Emigrants from I believe 1970. He just he just has that that look of him that, he, that wants to say, I want to move to another country. <laughs> Or as I believe, also take take the fall for Sylvester Stallone and Judge Dredd. Was that Max von Cito? It Was yeah. All right, yeah. all right. I speak with confidence. Yeah. I certainly <laughs> do, folks. Uh, do you have a better one line synopsis? Because that's very wordy.
1: One line. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a you know, father and son move to Denmark to find work, and they sort of spend a a year on a. Uh, farm like a ranch basically and it's just sort of that year and their kind of struggles to deal with um their social class and bigotry and and all and try to and, and you know in the hopes to sort of rise above it and sort of have something um better than this life they have currently
0: they and uh yeah and i would have to say um my, my synopsis is either the 19th century sucked or <laughs> child labor laws, man, that's a good idea. Cause, <laughs> man, if you ever feel if you ever feel bad about your job, just you, you just really should just watch this movie and go, mm, yeah. you know what? This is not so bad. Yeah, this this comfortable Western first world life of mine. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we're going to have a very short talk about the Academy Awards of nineteen eighty seven and how Pele the Conqueror did that evening. So, stick around. I was
1: backstage, and I said, uh, je sais la femme, and they pointed me here. Bonsoir, mesdames. Now that I've exhausted all of my language skills, let's get on with it.
0: Okay. Knock yourself out, boom-boom. No! Boom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the nominees for Best Foreign Language Picture are...
0: From Hungary, Han the tragedy of a clairvoyant whose gift is exploited by the Nazis. (laughs) From Belgium, the music teacher, about a stern disciplinarian and the singers he enters in a grueling competition. And from Denmark, Pele the Conqueror, a saga of the hard life endured by immigrants in Scandinavia. From India, Salam Bombay, which chronicles how a small boy becomes a citizen of the streets. And from Spain, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, which demonstrates you better be careful what kind of message you leave on somebody's answering machine. And the Oscar goes to Denmark for Pele the Conqueror.
1: Oh, it's so, so exciting, so I'm very nervous, and um, I made a film about very poor immigrants coming to Denmark, and um, here I'm standing in my tuxedo on this shiny thing. Thank you very much, and thank you to everybody who has been involved in this picture. Thank you.
0: <laughs> the 61st Academy Matt, you brought up a great point that uh, the movie itself was released in 1987, but was not eligible for those Academy Awards. In fact, because it, it was released in America in 1988, I believe the general release was in December of that year, and so it would technically have been. For the ninety, the nineteen eighty eight Oscar season, and those awards are held in nineteen eighty nine. It'd be very fun with your foreign language films because they just, uh, especially back then, and earlier, they took a long while to get to America, and it's really America where the uh, the Academy, you know, it's it's stationed there, it's it is if it plays in America, it's eligible for whatever year it happens to be in. This one just happens to be a little off because this film won the Palme d'Or, or I believe the Grand Prix, whichever one it was at the time, uh, for the 1987 Cannes Film Awards, and uh, you know, and won best foreign language film here, the 1988. Therefore, in the year of 1989, Academy Awards. <laughs> it's fun. We have fun. Numbers are numbers are great. So, um, yes, it was not, so it obviously won best foreign language film. Knew that, that's why we're talking about it. But what else was it nominated for?
1: So it was it was just one, but it was it was a big one, I believe, the best actor for for Max von against like a powerhouse list of nominees, like just crazy. Like, <laughs> I was like, who who beat this sweet man? And then I looked at the list and I was like, oh, it was Dustin Hoffman.
0: Yeah, brain it was very bad. That's <laughs> uh, like. <laughs>
1: Like, well surely that was the only good performance that year there's <laughs> gene hackman and tom hanks and edward james Olmos and all right all right all right <laughs> fair, <laughs> enough. fair <laughs> enough academy <laughs> it's a pretty good year
0: yes uh for his 30 years of work in cinema starting in uh, sweden with the films of ingmar bergman this was actually von cito's first academy award nomination um long overdue he has yet to win one to my knowledge uh and one of those kind of like sh- one of those shames of the academy if i do say so i like, has he been in the best stuff no he's been in a lot of stuff and he certainly is in a lot of fun stuff but uh when it gets right down to it this man can act up a storm and has demonstrated it time and time again for 50 plus years uh all the best to max von sayo the film was actually the second film from Denmark to win. Uh, Babette's Feast won just a year before, so in 1987, also 1988, because that's when the <laughs> awards were. It's very confusing. That's why we. That's why we just say it's whatever. What what year was the movie released in? And we're going to talk about it. Um. It was also the third of three foreign film winners. Von Sito appeared in. She appeared in The Virgin Spring, which we talked about. And through a glass darkly, which was actually the year after the Virgin Spring, and I do have to say, I have a theory that Max von Sydow, he, I think, he possibly, um, got involved with a witch and and stole some cookies from her at one point, and he has since been basically the same age ever, because he was an old man, even fifty years ago. He yeah. looks like an old dude, and he still is an old. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I think there is some Nor- Nordic magic happening that just yeah. uh, that just <laughs> aged him up prematurely. He's actually much younger than he is; he just looks older. I have nothing to back that up with, but I just, I'm just, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a hunch. I guess. I'll allow it. All right, uh, my, uh, Matt. What was the competition that year in foreign language films, and had you seen any of these? I had
1: actually, I was like, "Please let me have seen one more of these movies," because this always happens. We're like, "I have seen none of these. They all have weird names," uh, and I had seen only only one more. The other three, I think I
0: I think I know which one, but go ahead.
1: The the other ones were completely, um, yeah, completely new to me. So there was one from, I want to say Hungary, Austria, Germany. That's I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's like Hanussen, mm-hmm. Hanussen. From I, I don't know. It looks like a movie about the war. Some sort of war world war one there's it's something about nazis and looks like a lot of fun
0: you <laughs> know totally. nazis is world war Two, right
1: yeah i know but it says uh, some of the guys wounded in world war one uh,
0: oh okay. i just
1: i'm just look i'm just reading the all right
0: the, all right hey all right i'm reading all the
1: right. teleprompter all right <laughs> Jesus. um another yeah, the, the the other film was from belgium i believe the music teacher which has a terrifying poster that <laughs> I can't stop looking at it. It's those like th- those like theater masks that you see a lot. We saw a lot in like mm-hmm. Amadeus, similar type masks. Um I do not care for them. Um looks just like a drama. Next. Sure. <laughs> and then the last film was it looks like a co production, uh with, interestingly, with the UK and India and then France, um, called Salam Bombay with an exclamation point That's at the, the end.
0: Yes. Um by the which, uh by the Great Mirror Nair. Mira
1: Nair. Yeah, so yeah. I know the name, yep. You know which, know that? I feel good about And then the last nomination, I might have waited for this one with dramatic effect, uh, was the only one I had seen, which was a really, really, really great weird movie by a really, really great weird director, uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, which is a great, absolutely great title, uh, by Pedro Almodovar, who is, I I feel like I saw this film in in film class at some point, too, and I believe that's why I knew of it and, and his work, and I sort of have tried to follow it as best i can it's you know as we talked about it's sort of difficult with foreign films sometimes although it's a little easier now um but yeah it's a great it's a great movie and i'll maybe have more to say about it at the end
0: oh okay well (laughs) uh i i can only cop to have only having heard of women uh women on the verge of a nervous breakdown almodovar is a very big name uh that's you know has had some cross-cultural cachet uh Recently, I don't know what his last movie was. Was it Volver?
1: No, it was, there's a. I'm just looking at it now. No, it about, the, I, the last one I had seen was The the Skin I Live In. Oh, that was him? Yeah, it was Bandera's.
0: Uh, oh. Yep. And he just, he could. He's a quirky man, that Amodevar. Uh, yes. That he is, yeah. our, yes. No, okay. Well, uh, I guess we will return to the issue at hand later on in the episode like you uh, had mentioned before but i will definitely have to add that uh almodovar film to the extremely long list of movies that a i should just see anyways and b would actually probably make me a better host but really this is this is, is nothing if not a learning experience for everyone so that was the foreign language films for 1988 if you'd like to hear our episode on Rain Man, it is available now on SoundCloud, although not for, not on SoundCloud for much longer. And uh, yeah, we have some uh, we have some fun words to talk about with uh, regards to Rain Man and doesn't often. So uh, after you listen to this one, feel free to check it out. And we are going to take a, another quick break. And when we come back, we're finally going to dive right into Pele the Conqueror. <laughs> Stor det lade Jeg vil for 100 kroner om året, og drinken for. med. det, I'm not going to die! I'm not going to die! I'm not I'm not going to i According to Wikipedia, the novel Pele the Conqueror follows the car- character Pele Carlson, who immigrates to Denmark from Sweden in 1877 at age 8. At 18, he moves from Bornholm to Copenhagen and becomes a leader in the labor movement in Denmark, motivated by poor working conditions. It is very much a book about unions and workers' rights, etc. So, uh, I did not know that going in. Hmm. But, knowing that now, Marchetti, did this movie, Paleo the Conqueror, feel more like a truncated origin story?
1: Yeah, I guess knowing that now, it makes a lot of sense in terms of just the overall scope of the story. Um, you know, you get the sense, and we can talk more about the end directly. But you get a, you get a sense at the end that he is going on to bigger and better things. But um, hearing that, precisely what he what he does go on to do makes a lot of sense uh, given what we see beforehand. Um, so it's an interesting it's an interesting choice uh, cinematically, just because that stuff could be very exciting
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, potentially, but the Filmmakers decide to focus on sort of the relationship between the father and the son mainly. I I, I think that movie's already long enough. It would be too long to make it like three hours and have all this <laughs> extra stuff and truncate certain bits. Um, so I feel like, I guess it was the right call in a way. But that's pretty fascinating. I I didn't even didn't even yeah. know that the story continued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you
0: uh, Would you want to watch a sequel to this? Maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But like, if there were more adventures of pele through his rise as a you know labor rights activist yeah
1: because i feel like the, the not that i'd be like crazy excited to see it but i feel like the characters and and in some sort of weird way the audience goes through a lot watching the movie so i feel like you sort of want to see something optimistic at the end you sort of want to see some of these people win like you know what I mean? You <laughs> yeah. want to see them on top of something. You want to see the conquering. Um. So yeah, it wouldn't be like number one in my queue to see, but I would I would check it out. I think yeah,
0: I would. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Hey, On that note, that may raise, raise a good point that we, the audience, you know, we're we're watching this, and um, that's obviously what audiences do. But the kid Pele, he is the m- the main title character. I get what they are doing with him. He is, you know, he's yeah, he's got to learn all these lessons, and you know, he's got to basically, be, you know, he has to live. He has to live his life, and you know, go, go through some stuff. But so much of the action here, a a, a good chunk of it, I, I felt like, and um, and you can agree or disagree, was him just observing other things that were going on. Him observing the uh, uh the master cheating on his his mistress. The uh, the young lovers, the the uh, a thwarted uprising, all of that. He never he doesn't feel like he participates in a lot of this stuff, and so I'm wondering. It felt like it was it was it's a slice of life story, and I get that, and it's him, but it, there's nothing to be gleaned from this for the character except for us to say. Shit's fucked up, yo, and that yeah. and that's it. Now, it's what did, did you get that feeling as well, or do you feel there's there's something else happening there?
1: No, I I, I think the, the movie works. I think the movie works well in an overall sense. I think it works really well in individual sequences, better than a, than a, than a whole for me. I think it's very novelistic. It feels like when I mm-hmm. when I when I read that it was about a novel or based on a novel, I started watching it and I go, yeah, this feels like feels like they did it that way um for better or worse uh and i i do feel like yeah he just he does just sort of watch you right he just sort of this this sort of um passive character for a while although you know we see him sort of evolve as the, as the film goes on his performance is very good and I, I definitely wanted him to just succeed but i just there were moments where you were just like come on man like Conquer, like don't <laughs> yeah, so,
0: get to the. And, but you,
1: but you know, you know, as a, as a child in the situation he's in, that's not an easy thing to do. To, to to actually like stand up for yourself, particularly in the like I said in the situations they're in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I guess that my frustration was that I wanted to see more. I wanted to, I wanted him to push things a little bit more. Um, and maybe that's sort of the. It's strange because the title for the film seems almost ironic, whereas the title for the novel doesn't. Potentially, at least from the, the sort of um, synopsis you gave about the novel. Um, so yeah, it's so I'm disappointed, but I feel like it's also sort of true to people his age. Like you sort of, you sort of were saying that he's not just going to all of a sudden like completely stand up for himself. That might be a little unrealistic given the situation he's in. And maybe he's almost more intelligent for observing things rather than sort of reacting all the time. You know what I mean? Maybe he sort of he actually becomes this. His superior character by the end of the film and, and on because he's observant because he's passive in the beginning. And that's just a hypothetical, but
0: no, oh, no, that's a uh, raises an excellent point. I mean, you got you got to take in those lessons somewhere. It just because it, he is such a passive character and the movie's two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I started feeling this one yes a lot. It uh, you know it's a when you say it's a Swedish film it's a it's a Danish film about. 19th century workers on a cow farm, and you, you that automatically sets you up for like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> this is like, this is uh, this is there's probably not gonna be a lot of of of, qu- of quickness in this, and, yes. and and there, there is not there, it's which is not to say that it is not interesting. The side stories created, the little subplots are uh, um, at times wonderful. I, I like, I really dig them. The uh, I was especially a big fan of the uh, the Neil's storyline he has this he's this son of a slightly richer you know a higher class uh whatever we'll assume just a a tyrant of a, a, a farmer yeah and he falls in love with this uh, pretty blonde girl on the uh the the farm they are on the Sten garden and uh, bad things happen she gets pregnant they have a baby uh and one very harrowing uh, shot they have to uh Drown the baby, and I will have to say that just that's threw some cold water on my face. It's like,
1: yeah, <sighs> I
0: thought it might. Have yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, and I looked over, and like, there's my daughter. She's right there. Was, oh Jesus! But uh, it was a great. It was a, it was a, it was a great little sub story because I think it did have a definite ending to it. And mm-hmm. yes, that ending was uh, she gets th- put in jail, and he dies rescuing five sailors. It's a great scene. It's which it's a great scene, but there's a, there's a, there's a closing and there's not a lot of closure here. It's just sort of everything nothing ends. It just sort of Peter's out, which yeah. um it it can make for interesting psychological drama I think on the page, but here in a movie it's a little defeating at the very at the very least. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. "Fuck, just like can anybody get a goddamn break in this world? No, like could you have nope. made it as a farmhand in 19th century Denmark in these situations? I don't think I could. Have. That's Nope. <laughs> definitely not. Oh, it's have a different person. Right. At, at, at times it almost feels like it's venturing onto like, I guess the term would could be like misery porn or working class porn and not in like porn in the fun good way. It's just like there's just the brutality of this and how it is presented, I have, I have to say, I have, I'll give Bill the uh, director, Bill 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 August, yeah, whatever the L double L is, props for never sensationalizing anything. Everything is very matter of fact mm-hmm. in the movie, which I think lends an air of uh, realism to it. Mm-hmm. But it can be, uh, it can be a slog to get through at times. Um, yeah. Um, but of course all of it really like I like the character Paley. he's the title character obviously but we got to talk about Max von Sydow what did you think of his performance as a character here as Lassa
1: So I had I had heard just a lot about just sort of getting ready to watch movie, I had read a lot about his performance and all these sort of superlatives about the performance and different awards and things like that and I and I like him very much so expectations were very high and I thought Whenever he was on screen, he was great. But I sort of, maybe just because I like him so much, I wanted him to be in the movie more. I wanted <laughs> his presence to be felt more. Uh, and I felt that, and it's again, it's the, the title of the movie isn't, isn't Loss of the Conqueror, it's Paleo of the Conqueror, so it's not about him, it's sort of his interactions with his son. Um, but that being said, I thought he was fantastic. And, and, and just as, as the movie as a whole, you were starting to touch on this, you sort of said it's it's there's sort of the, the, the world view in the movie. I, I thought the the movie and I think you would agree was very cynical and I almost mm-hmm. I wanted some optimism in it. Like the worldview is just so dark. And yes, obviously this is not a great time period for these people, for anyone for that matter. So it's not gonna be this happy good times flick. It just isn't gonna be that. But it would have been nice to have some more optimism, to have some more hope, to have some warmer right. Sort of sequences, and I feel like at times for me they sort of missed the mark with the father son interactions. And I'm a sensitive, like sappy guy. I just wanted some like really dramatically written, like tear jerking moments a few times. Just like, can you just tell your damn son you love him for the love of God? Like, can someone, can you guys just hug? Like, there's there's like there's obviously like a detachment between the two characters to a degree, mm-hmm. and I feel like that detachment also continues on to the audience it's a very like the movie itself is very cold and detached and i think it's supposed to be but as we've kind of said a few times now it doesn't always make for the most exciting or fun viewing you know what i mean like you can you can have you can have a sense of humor even in something like this or have something light even a movie like this and they just don't really (laughs) like right just don't
0: there are there are a few little bits of like not optimism but just like they find the happiness they can like eric plays the accordion there's, uh, you know, they s- I'm trying to think. Of what else. What other fun things happen?
1: Well, they go to, like, the carnival. Oh, and, yeah, the carnival. The, heavy, the heavier set woman is sort of, like, flirting with him, with, with Lasse, and he's, like, trying to avoid her with Pele. That's pretty <laughs> funny. And Yeah, there's some... No, there is some... I would say that the, the sort of best sequences to a degree with um with Max von Sydow are the scenes with him and the woman, with Mrs. Olsen. Yes. Like, those very warm, like, tender, sort of charming sequences. Where they're, they're both sort of, like reduced to 14, 15 year old kids again and they're <laughs> yeah. sort of courtship of each other and it's really sweet. Yeah. Um, so I guess it is there. I guess, no, there. It, I guess
0: it, yeah, well yeah. The, the, well, the, there's warmth there, but but overall, the a the for more for it's for bit more than it's a bit more than it's like bit more than like the the like he's like the main the main guy on the farm. When we meet him. he's this bold and boisterous. He's got passion, and he's goes to lead a um, he's about to rebel against the uh, the foreman who's this petty little bitchy tyrant and sucks. oh he sucks so much and he ends up getting injured in a you know in a way that I will ha- I will have to say they definitely for they definitely foreshadowed at one point the the uh, the well the the counterweight on the on the yeah. well you know goes goes awry I'm like man that looks that looks dangerous. I hope nothing really bad scary. happens. <laughs> and sure enough, he gets Eric gets whacked in the head, and he doesn't die. He just because he just gets um, essentially lobotomized, and he just sort of it carries out the rest of his days. Which is way worse. It's which way is so worse. worse. It's so much he worse. Just died. If he just oh. died. It would been better. But now he it's lives just, on. <laughs> oh, he just lives on, and it's just he's this shell of a man. And it, like the movie's saying, like, "Yep, don't try and uh, don't try and step out of line, or else this is going to happen. And if you want to find love with somebody who's not in your class, guess what's going to happen? She's going to jail, baby's dying, you're dying. And it there's just... And, and Oh, and if you want to find... Uh, if you, older person, older couple, want to find love, well, you know, the, the woman's husband's going to come back because...
1: <laughs> miraculously. Mi-
0: miraculously. Although I do have to say... Somebody having a bad dream and then saying, "Well, I'm single now." I th- I feel like you should avoid that woman or per- yes. or man, whoever says that. You should be like, mm, "No, I got I yeah. really should wait for confirmation on this."
1: Too much baggage. <laughs> but
0: uh on t- I liked I liked the scenes between Cito and um Mrs. Olsen because hey, it's very well acted. But I I enjoyed the pragmatism of it. They're both like like, "Look, we're we're both old." We gotta like, do this. Let's just let's just you and me. Let's just make this make this a thing yep. that happens. It, like it's it's fine. Like I like I I appreciated I appreciated that. And um, I gotta say, like Cedo delivers, Von Cito delivers a great performance. But man, there were times I was just wanting to throw Lasso through a wall yeah. or something because he's this, he's this, he means so well, but he's so ineffective as a. Uh, like I think even as a father figure, that it's just incredibly frustrating to see him, like never even try learning how to read or just like learning where even the freaking cows go, or un- or identifying all of the the little markers that Pele, uh, Pele has, and just like mm-hmm. he talks he talks a big game, but like all of us, he just like he wilts, uh, you know, it, when the when the moment comes. Yeah, and it can be it can be very frustrating, and um, I could see the frustration in. Pele's eyes, certainly a lot. Certainly a lot, and it makes the. I'm not going to say the ending is like a great and optimistic ending, but I understand that Pele has learned everything he needs to, or can learn from can his read, dad, yeah. and he 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 has to he has to get the hell, the heck out yeah. of here. As uh, as as Ebert said, this is a movie that started out as the father's dream. You know, the he his wife died, and so they're they're going to Denmark for a better life, where they're going to have coffee on Sundays in bed. Boom, and it ends up being about how like dad, that dream isn't good enough for me. I have to, I have to mm-hmm. go on and do something. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I have a life,
1: um, which is really powerful.
0: It's, it's very powerful. It's very yeah. powerful. But um, how? What did you think of the ending?
1: So <laughs> when they, you know, I actually thought it works really well. I think in terms of, like I said, there's sequences that I really. Loved in this movie. You you already alluded to one the the sort of Neil's subplot. I really enjoyed the um, Mrs. Olson Cidao sort of vignettes. I loved the the sequence with the um, with Mister and Mrs. Kongstrup and when she just uh, castrates him. Like I love that. That's that, like I, it's just so great because it's like the one scene they shoot handheld and you <laughs> yeah. know some shit has gone down after this all this guy's infidelities and I was just like yes. Yeah, lady. That's exactly what I wanted to do. And I love he's just reduced to this, like, hollow guy, like, laying on the couch, just laughing at everything. He's, like, drunk all. I just love it. Again, that's a perfect example of maybe that's the hope. Maybe that's the hope I found in the movie. That guy not being murdered, but being castrated and then sort of left to be taken care of by this woman who sort of (laughs) hates him. I think that's that's just poetic. But to the ending, um, I thought the buildup. Was very effective with with Pele being sort of promoted, potentially being promoted to the uh, trainee status, and Alasse being really excited about it. They're fitting him with the the outfit. That you know they have to stuff his boots to make him fit because he's so small, and it's it just worked really well. And then he sees uh, Eric being taken away, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and he remembers their conversations about how they were going to leave together when the snow thaws, and he's like, "Fuck it, now I gotta go," and. I just think that's like the most powerful moment for that character in the movie, not just in, yeah, the character and the, and the performer himself, the actor himself. I just thought it was really effective how he basically just, he's the one sort of in this more mature privileged position. And he's like telling his father what's going to happen next, rather than the father telling the son what's going to happen. And it's the father who's getting incredibly emotional about it rather. I mean, and Pele is emotional about it, but I, I thought that buildup was great. And then there's sort of, the sort of climax by the water when they they, they shake hands and you just yeah. sort of want them to connect. You're like, and, come
0: on, just.
1: Know, do and it. They, they walk away and they never they never seem to bring the camera closer to them as they walk away. They just he, like Lasso just keeps walking further and further and further and further away. and never shows a close above him. He's just waving like this sort of you know the sad pathetic figure. Not that I dislike his character, but he is pathetic and tragic in a oh, lot of ways. So so, so very. I, I thought the way they sort of built up to it, even though there were emotional parts I was disappointed in, I thought it worked really well in terms of just the overall feel of the movie. By that point in the movie I was sort of all in. I'm like, all right, just keep hitting me. I don't care. I'm already right. down. You might as well
0: me <laughs> yeah. out of So
1: I yeah, I, I enjoyed it. As much as you can enjoy something sad like
0: that. <laughs> right. See, I but I I just feel like they weren't going for the sad they weren't going for sadness they were trying to make it seem hopeful and optimistic and i'm but i if they were they (laughs) botched it incredibly (laughs) it's just so much because that it was a such a depressing uh goodbye moment its i don't think it was if there if it was if it was sweet if it's only because pele was getting the hell out of there but right. at that point, I feel like, well, now that I think, he, now I think he's technically a runaway, and he's like people are going to chase him down or something. Like, I just, it just seemed like his life is about to get a whole lot worse, and he's just there in the blistering Danish uh, springtime, which still looked <laughs> like inhospitable. It looked like fucking winter. It oh like winter. my god! It was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was rough. It looked rough. It, it was, it was rough. But it was. Uh, but i suppose coming you know that's a very that's a very american view of things like this is a european film and as much as you know we tend to think of european films as like they're a little more depressing than than us but this one it it i i, I just wasn't entirely sure how i felt i you know when it ended i was like oh oh okay this is it. like it's a great last shot you know it's so, it's just like the slow pull away of uh pele walking along the uh the the water's edge in the freezing cold but i i don't it didn't feel like whatever lessons he learned i feel like weren't really a part of the reason he was going i guess it, like It definitely because that's what that's why I said at the the beginning, like, did this feel like it was just a shorter, like a a, like a long origin story to me? Because, like, I feel like there should be more of this movie. It's very effective as it is, Mm -hmm. but I really came out of it just wanting more. Like, I just want Mm -hmm. I wanted like what happens next? This was a very this was a fascinating character study. It was it has it has some pacing problems. It has some, maybe has too many subplots. Maybe it's not enough on Max von Cito, but like, this is still a fascinating, he's a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. And I would, I just want to, I, I, I want to, I want to see where he goes because this is, he's going off into the, into the sunrise or the sunset. And it's not looking optimistic for him. I'm no. not, I'm not feeling, feeling too good for this poor kid. No. Um, and is that life? Is that is that ultimately the lesson they were trying to say? I I I have to go with
1: yeah. I think that's probably what they were going for. But it just yeah. I I guess so I you you make the comment that it doesn't feel necessarily like this emotional moment. But I, I mean that that was just me probably putting myself into the movie more. Like that's what I wanted it to feel. Um, like their handshake could have been so powerful, like, if you understood, like you said, if you really understood the lessons learned, but it feels like Pele's sort of greatest and most important lessons are yet to come. Like, he's learned everything he can from his father, but the real struggle for him in terms of becoming a man is next, and we don't see that. We only see his, his, we see one year of his life, basically, right? Yeah.
0: It's Um, like, like, let's get to the conquering now, okay? I want to see the conquering. Right, yeah, he he rises up and, you know, leads an army and I don't know. Does something like, I don't know, he doesn't do that. But right, <laughs> it just it just seems like this is just a very long, uh, you know, long the uh, long part, the long part of, uh, the, long part of uh, the beginning of Conan the Barbarian, where he's like yeah. enslaved for twenty years or whatever, and comes yeah, back. Imagine if that
1: was two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, here's your movie.
0: <laughs> so, um, it's hard to ask. Did it deserve best foreign language film on account of? We've only seen one of them. You've only seen one of them, um, so I, I guess I can't ask. Did it deserve it over "Woman on the Edge of a Nervous" Women on the Edge of a Nervous Breakdown"? Because that is uh, obviously, I think, the, the title that is at least familiar to people who perhaps have not seen any of these movies.
1: Yeah, um, for me, I mean, I again I haven't seen the other what was it, two or three film, three films. Um, to me women on the verge of a nervous breakdown was a better film. It was just, a, it was, and it's, it's more in line with what I enjoy anyways. It's sort of a black comedy with some drama elements mixed in. It's, it's got these, you know, intertwined characters and just these sort of wacky situations. There's like a, a woman who's, there's like two main characters. Basically one is trying to figure out why her boyfriend or lover has left and she can't find him. And there's another woman who's afraid the police and paranoid the police are coming for her because her ex-boyfriend is a Muslim terrorist. <laughs> and you start to find out in these back and forths that their lives are very much intertwined in ways that you don't necessarily expect. Um, and it's really, really, really funny and just and, and just weird, and I just love it. And to me, it's just more memorable. Like, yeah, there's there are things to be gleaned from Paleo the Conqueror, but maybe at my age... I don't need to glean them anymore. Like I sort of get it. I'm not. And again, I always say this. I'm not. I'm not sad or mad for having seen it. I'm. I'm actually very happy to have seen it. But to me, if I, it's between those two films, I think Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown was just a was just a better film in general. I think it was more effective in telling its story. I think it was more um, interesting in sort of the boundaries it pushed. It's certainly warmer, and it has a sense of humor to it, which is important for me. And I'm not a big comedy guy, but this is a funny movie. Um So, so yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but... Well, it's not unfortunate, because I love yeah. women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. It's not unfortunate at all. I don't know why I'm being nice to Paleo the Conqueror.
0: Yeah, have to, it's, it's it's it was, was it nice to you? No, no, it, was <laughs> not. no it was not. It, <laughs> it
1: took my pants down and spanked me until I was red. <laughs> it was, uh, which,
0: I think... Somebody got spanked in the movie, I think. Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, school, school children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um... Is there relevance in Pele the Conqueror that can be gleaned today?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's an interesting... Yes, and, I, and maybe this is an over-analysis, but I think there's an interesting lesson to be learned about um, fathers. Not necessarily... We don't see a, a mother. We don't see Pele's mother. She, she has passed away at the, in the beginning of the film. Um, so we only see the father and the son. But I think there's this... Um, this tendency for sons to sort of um, uh, put our fathers on a pedestal. And there's sort of a, a, a nice lesson here that our parents are imperfect. And like you said earlier, very well, like you, you can learn things from them, but there is going to be a, a point where you're done. You can't learn any more from them. Literally, mm-hmm. he can't really learn anything more from Lasse after a certain point. And you have to, you have to get out on your own and, and do something. Now, I think that's probably the thing that stuck with me the most you need a two and a half hour movie about the saddest people ever to make that point? No, you don't. But I think to me, that's sort of the most universal thing I sort of connected with, I guess.
0: Okay, and to bring it down, you know, maybe away from the the universal, make it a bit smaller. There is definitely here uh, something here about working conditions and how, like, we think this might be. This is a nineteenth century, you know, setting, and you know, characters, but. I imagine you can find similar stories all around even modern day America about how tough it is for immigrants. Like mm-hmm. we have a large, we have a conversation about immigrants today and you can, there's definitely a humanizing element here in Pele the Conquerors. <laughs> like they're oh, just, yeah. they're fathers and sons like us. who are just trying to make a better life for themselves. They're not, you know they're not better or worse than us. They just sort of are, and yet we demonize them for their otherness. There's, you know, there's definitely some modern takes that you can uh, pull away from this film. But, mm-hmm. uh, but as to the, the overall question, did it deserve best picture? Again, I cannot answer that having not seen any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the foreign films, I, I'll never, I'll never say like one or the other. But um, I thought it was very effective. Uh, mm-hmm. Very long. Uh, Max von Cito gives a great performance. Everybody gives a great performance yeah. in this movie. Um it's shot very well. It's very cold. Uh the settings, the characters, it's a, a firmly grounded in reality. Film that uh works, although I don't know if it works as well as it think it, do, it as it think it does. Yes. No, that's uh, that's that's me. Any uh, any final thoughts before we move on? <laughs>
1: I would just say you, you, you talked a bit about the, the immigrant thing, and I, I think another piece that's really interesting and sort of fundamental is that we sort of always look at, um, like, bigotry and racism in a really narrow lens. We always look at it in what's affecting, like, our current political and economic climates, particularly in the U.S. But it was I thought it was really fascinating to see that, you know, the, the, the Danes did not like the Swedes at all, and they sort of right. referred to them as, like, lower-class sort of people. And I think of Sweden, like... They got it all going on there man that's like a beautiful <laughs> place gorgeous people they have a great economy Denmark as well so it was really interesting to see that and, and obviously we all know this we don't need um, a movie like Crash to tell us that there's racism and bigotry everywhere but I thought it was really fascinating to see that there, yeah that there's these two cultures that um, you wouldn't normally get a sense for that sort of bigotry and racism but that it, it, it was there I think there's some um, there's some lessons there. Again, you don't need a two and a half hour movie to figure that one right. out. But you know, there's there are some some really co- sort of teachable moments in here and and historical things too that
0: I think are really fascinating. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> this has been the episode on Pele the Conqueror. Thank you all for listening. Next week, we are going f- uh, far away from Denmark to the sands of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are do we are doing it. We are doing it. David Lean's epic film Lawrence of Arabia. I am super excited. I will find the 12 hours necessary to view this film sometime <laughs> during the weekend. Uh but I am so looking forward to that. I'm going to just drink a lot of water while watching it because yeah, it that's, gets really that's, dry. It gets really dry. That's what you, that's what you got to do. Uh you have been listening to Oscar Watch Thank you so much for tuning in. You can drop us an email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com. Send in your comments. We love here. We love getting fan mail from you guys or hate mail, whichever. And You can find us on social media at oscarwatchpod. And be sure to like, subscribe, and review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Helps get the word out. Matt Marchetti, you are currently in the middle of a Planet of the Apes run on your Instagram, right? I
1: am, yeah, yeah. Just the just the the new trilogy. I do want to go back and do reviews for all the uh, original films. I've seen them all. Just I would like to go and do that. I just really wanted to do a quick little trilogy with with uh, having seen War for the Planet of the Apes yesterday. Two oh, nights ago. Nice. two nights ago. Um, so, yeah, I did Rise, and then Dawn was yesterday, and I'll have the review up for War for the Planet of the Apes this evening. So, Matt Kroll, Be Damned, uh, it was an excellent movie. I don't know what that man's problem is with, with good films sometimes, but <laughs> he's a real negative Nelly. I, spoiler I, I really enjoyed it, but again, uh, there's some predispositions I have to liking a movie like that. So, um, you can read my reviews tonight on Instagram. I'm at uh, movie underscore matinee with two Ts. So, Check me out, follow, like, comment, comment. Please comment. I love comments. It's so
0: fun. <laughs> he does. So, he does. That's he loves at. the attention, folks.
1: I do. Yeah. I do. It's all it is. It's really self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to hover over the like button like, mm, should I?
0: All right. Um, thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Until then, we'll see you on the red carpet. To our loved ones and families, we bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. We bring more than a paycheck to our loved ones and families. More than a paycheck to our loved ones and families.
1: We bring more than a paycheck
0: to our loved ones and families. I say he brings more than a paycheck to our loved ones and family. I wanted more than a paycheck but what I